Welcome to Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrolec, where we chat about how we're transforming everyday lives with the help of technology. I'm your host, Sean Heath. I have to say, I am quite the fan of the evolution of the digital display. My guest on the podcast today is the head of product innovation at Acrylec, Kum Bire. Kum, how are you today? Good, very good. How are you? I am doing very well. I can't be the only person who is a little hesitant at how smart digital displays are becoming. It's not just me, is it? No, we know it's a it's a real uh, concern of most people using those digital displays. But when you think about it, your phone in your pocket already knows everything about you, and those data on your phone are not as secure as the one of like the public digital display today. Oh, one thing that I really love is how smart the back end is becoming. Can we start off today talking about how AI and machine learning are really already starting to revolutionize operations and the customer experience? Yeah, sure. Um, so until now, machine learning wasn't that present uh, in our industry uh, because everything was about having those displays being well integrated with uh, IT system or customers, so in the restaurant. And it, it, it was more about like digitalizing the, the store. But now uh, the store has been digitalized. We've in, been in, in, in this industry since 10 years. And now we really are focusing on how can we improve the customer journey and improve the operation, the operation thanks to AI. And some, some examples we have is how can you personalize a screen uh, to personalize the customer journey on the screen, the customer experience, what uh, the customer wants to uh, to order, what he wants to eat at a certain uh, time in, in the restaurant. That's on the customer side. And then on the operational side for the, for the restaurant, how can we improve uh, the speed of service? How can we improve the speed of production in the kitchen? How can we predict uh, the service times to allow to allocate the right resource at the right uh, uh, spot in, in the operational uh, chain? When most people think digital displays we think in a shopping environment or maybe at the airport but the the amount of industries that are incorporating smart displays just for a simple way to say it it's hospitality it's retail it's food and beverage as you mentioned it's entertainment even the healthcare industry this technology it's almost everywhere yeah those displays are today everywhere Uh, the reason why uh, uh, it has been um uh, deploy that much is because it's a way to display information in real time and, and to collect the right data in, in, uh, in real time, uh, which allows like always to improve, to, to uh, improve the processes, to the system actually knows what's happening better than the human uh, uh, right now. When I go to a museum, I really like to talk to the docent. I like to talk to the tour guide because they know all of the secrets. They know all the really cool information. As you mentioned, our phones are in our pockets and they know everything about us. The way that machine learning is being applied actually enhances the information that we can extract from whatever our experience is, whether it is in a museum or it is in a shopping experience. And it can help elevate 
the experience from the customer side exponentially. And we don't really even have to do anything extra as customers. We just have to step into the experience. Yes, exactly. So the reason is um, a human being can only know a certain amount of information at a given moment, whereas uh, AI and machine learning and, and whole system, you can feed data from many, many, uh, many, many different sources. So, for example, imagine you know it's going to rain in the next minutes. You're able to, the system knows that. It's easy to, like, uh, weather forecasts are pretty accurate today, so it's easy to know it. But the human being inside the restaurant or outside cannot predict that as well. And so with those information, you can actually predict how many customers are going to enter your, your store, how you're going to serve them, why, and allocate the right resources at the right moment. Personalized machine learning. Some people might say it's the next big thing, but that seems to indicate that it's in the future. It's not in the future. It's here now. You're already doing that. As you just mentioned, it's really good at spotting trends that the human eye might miss. Yes. Yes, it is. And we're already doing that. So because uh, the reason why we can do that, so this is already something that exists in the web industry. So website, Amazon has launched that a a long time ago. But when you're talking about brick and mortar stores, like physical location, uh, the data you're using to feed those machine learning algorithms and were not until now consolidated. There were like many different sources, the POS system from, from a stores, uh, the kiosk or digital uh, signage systems, uh, data, data, databases. And what we have done in the past 10 years and what the industry is still trying to do, but what Acrylic has done in the past 10 years is really consolidating those data sources into one, into one single database for the whole store. And with this single database, you can now, and we are doing right now already, have optimization machine learning algorithm working on that on this data set to actually personalize every part of the experience for customers. So from the moment he enters the stores, from its experience on the, on the screen itself, his ordering process, and the delivery process through geolocation, indoor, outdoor, and so on. Just for a moment, let's look behind the curtain. You deal with what may be one of the most complex technological tasks that exists, and that is trying to codify the way humans learn and process data and put that into an algorithm, put that into a data string. That's not an easy task. That's something that really takes an incredible amount of manpower because there's a degree of nuance, there's a degree of inference that human thinking still excels at that computers don't do yet. But they're going to be doing that very soon, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are. So it's this re- requires a lot of test and learn to be able to actually predict in an accurate fashion uh, uh, the human behavior and actually the way that those algorithms are designed right now and built have uh, flows uh, we will never reach uh, a 100% uh, accru- uh, rate of accuracy it's something that's not even possible because the way it's designed cannot be but in the past years uh, we have reached uh, on certain field really create predictive uh, capabilities of 95 97 95 to 97%. And this is already better than what most human being can do. It's hard for a human being to predict accurately what's going to happen. So 
it does require a lot of work on our, on our end and the industry as well. And, but today, uh, the, the thinking part of the human is being more and more, uh, we're getting closer to that part with uh, machine learning. Let's take just a moment, if we could, and talk about, let's talk about fast food restaurants, because I know you've done quite a bit of work in that field. There have been uh, a few pilot programs recently where AI actually automated ordering of some drive-throughs. I know that, and I guess I can say this, I don't think this is too secret, you actually helped um, McDonald's with one aspect of, of acquiring information so that they can improve their drive-through lanes. I'm really interested in the computer vision approach that you took to drive-through lanes as far as managing the information about cars. Can you give me a little detail about that? Yes. We're using machine learning in different fields. That can be the audio or through like voice uh, automated AI, voice ordering. And we're also using computer vision algorithm um, to time the cars in a drive-through lane. So what was the industry doing right uh, doing in the past years was uh, the pain point for the restaurant was to be able to know how fast uh, the drive-through lane was going, how fast a, a restaurant was able to serve its customers, and we were using uh, sensors embedded in the road uh, to detect those cars and uh, through, all, through all those steps from the drive-through lane. But right now we are, we are actually moving toward, like, away from those sensors we had to uh, do groundwork uh, to install that, to use cameras that, will, that are tracking vehicles in the drive-through lane and giving in real-time information to the operator inside on uh, its speed, uh, where is the bottleneck forming in the drive-through lane, and to predict the formation of uh, bottlenecks to be able to say, oh, you should have one employee, one resources more at the service windows, at the last windows where you uh, uh, because uh, you're, you're not getting, uh, you're not going fast enough on that Windows, and it's slowing down your whole drive-through lane. That's a significant increase in information and data to be able to gather from just the simple addition of a camera, as opposed to the ground-mounted sensors, which literally could give you the pressure of a car driving over it and the speed, maybe the radar eye that could determine whether or not a car was over the sensor or not that's an awful lot of data to process that's it so a sensor can only give you i'm detecting a car or i'm not so it's only a zero or one output whereas the camera is capable of giving you the size of the car the type of the car tracking the car through the drive-through lane so through each spot in the drive-through lane and this is actually a lot of uh, a lot of uh, of data to process and that's one of the pain points we are uh, having until now on that industry is because in, about, uh, in order to be able to process those type of data uh, locally in real time, uh, this before required a lot of uh, processing power because all those, all those uh, uh, images or video feed has to be analyzed in real time. And, um, and it was like not cost effective. It was really expensive to have those uh, servers and high, high uh, expense, expensive units inside the stores. But what, right now what we're doing is we're working with Intel, like closely with Intel and Ion, which are like doing the best hardware possible in the, in the computer vision industry to uh, create a new solutions that's based on really new chipset that are really low, uh, uh, cost effective and energy effective to decrease uh, the, the cost of installing those huge servers and process uh, those, this large amount of data in real time. 
What would surprise people most about the industry? Um, so the computer vision uh, applied in uh, the restaurants, or oh, there, there's, there's many, uh, many things that would surprise people. I think the most, the most surprising fact is how good is the human eye compared to a camera. That's, that's really something uh, that's always amazed me, where uh, when you're dealing with machine learning and algorithm, uh, you're thinking, oh, you're seeing a video feed and oh, the, I can see uh, an object moving. It's pretty straightforward. So the camera should, should be able to catch that as well. But what we don't realize is that our brain is processing in real time all those huge amounts of data uh, to actually clean the image we are actually seeing and, and, uh, and to be able to see things in a very accurate way. Whereas a camera, as soon as it's really bright or uh, it's just seeing nothing compared to a human. So that's really the thing that I think amazed, like should amaze people, or at least amaze me. AI isn't, I don't think it can be considered the bleeding edge anymore. It's definitely something that is already being used. I don't think it's that radical anymore. I think the biggest challenge that AI has had in, in the past has been technology just couldn't keep up. Your dream exceeded your technological grasp. Is that still true? So I think, so AI is, uh, it always depends how you define AI because AI exists already since a very long time, if you think about it. If it's only a computer taking decision instead of a human, AI was already doing that like 30, 30 years ago. But uh, when people are talking about AI right now, they are more speaking about the fact that an, uh, an algorithm is capable of learning things on its own, like being improve itself. And the main challenge of AI right now isn't uh, the computing power anymore, isn't uh, uh, the capacity of creating those algorithms. It's more about how, how, how can we deploy uh, those solutions in the, in the field, in, in real life, uh, at scale. Um, many, many companies in the world are, are doing AI, like startups, which are doing great things. But what they are, like the world they are facing right now is, oh, I'm able to detect a car and det- to track it, to detect a vehicle, to learn about it. But I'm able to do it on one location, in one store. How can I go like from one store to 10 stores, to 20 stores, 50 stores? And this is where actually Acrylic has a huge added value compared to, to those, uh, um, to those uh, like young startups uh, with a great technology. But we know how to scale technology uh, on, uh, on many, many different locations, physical locations. You see changes on a daily basis. Is there a particular development, say, in the last, I don't know, six months or the last year that really puts a smile on your face and makes you think, all right, we're finally getting there? Yes. Uh, the, the particular development uh, we have reached in the past two years, I would say, was really the, the consolidation of, of data sets and uh, data flow I was talking about earlier. Because... The problem in the industry before uh, uh, was uh, it was really hard to do really, really nice uh, AI-related uh, uh, um, uh, concept because everything was in different locations, even within the same stores, different structures. So we couldn't, it was impossible to build a solution for, that would like help the whole store as an assistant or anything, something as a personal assistant. But today, everything has been consolidated in one single database. So that's the most promising thing in the industry that allows us to work now with 
with solutions that uh, involve computer visions, uh, NLP, NLU at the, at the drive-through uh, to have voice ordering, because th those information are available for those algorithms to work on. Yeah, companies have been gathering information about customers forever, and they just haven't either known what to do with it or been able to do anything with that data. And now it's really an exciting time because all of the data that exists that could be used to help improve and personalize customers' experiences, hey, guess what? Now you can actually use that information. It's not locked back in a database anymore. That's, that's exactly it. And when we're talking about customer data, it's not only uh, personal data that from the customers. Uh, it's much more than that. It's like data about the traffic in a store, about uh, the stocks uh, outside, about the, the, the real-time pricing, uh, what are the people ordering at the same moment in the same restaurant or in the same store in, in, overall. Uh, what's the, uh, uh, the surroundings? Like, uh, is it uh, a neighborhood with a lot of kids, a lot of family or a lot of students? All those data allow to actually personalize the, the experience of each customers because all those data points will be different for each customers and we're not only talking about like personal data of like where you're living or or what's your birth date no that's something really personal actually we don't we feel it's not we, we don't want to have access to those data ourselves because it's kind of like privacy but all the rest which is very generic data but are specific to each location at the, each time of the day can be used and are being used right now because they are not locked anymore. And it's a win-win situation. The store owner is able to anticipate and understand what customers really want versus guessing. And the customers get what they really want without the frustration that normally comes along with not being able to find what you need. And if you want to have an opportunity to, to get more information about some of the things that Comb has talked about today, you can go to acrelec.com and that's A-C-R-E-L-E-C. -E -E My guest on the podcast today is the head of product innovation for Acrelec, Com BI. Com, thank you so much for taking the time today. I certainly appreciate it. And I would love to have an opportunity to talk to you anytime at all. Thanks. Thanks for the time as well. It was really nice to be on the podcast.